This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon and welcome to the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture. I'm Sharmila Ganesan and together with me, T. Xiao Ik. So the words retail therapy um, are often used to refer to the practice of shopping just to make yourself feel a little better. And it is certainly something many of us have turned to uh, this year to cope with the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. But at what point does it become excessive and what are its impacts on our mental health? And more importantly, how can we manage it so that it doesn't become out of control? That's yeah. what we'll be talking about. Yes. And so we want to hear from you. Have you been turning to retail therapy a little bit or a lot more during this pandemic? Um, we have a poll on our Twitter account at BFM Radio with uh, some options for you. The options are uh, no, you haven't, or yes, but it's all under control, or yes, but too much. Um, so uh, tell us, uh, you know, t- uh, sorry, take that poll at BFM Radio. Also tell us how you feel about um, the retail therapy therapy that you've been indulging in, you can also WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899. Yes, so there is no doubt that all over the world, the COVID-19 pandemic has changed the way most of us shop for many of the things that we need, right? Um, studies are showing that online shopping has seen a huge leap forward. And uh, with that, you know, this notion of retail therapy has really taken on a new dimension. Um, people are turning to online shopping both as a necessity, but also as a way to just make themselves feel feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's been a difficult year for all of us. Yes. And, and once in a while, we just need some amount of, I suppose, spoiling ourselves yes. a little bit. Yeah. Um, and not to mention that it is the year end, it's the holiday season. So it's around that time of the year when there are, you know, not only plenty of sales, there's also a quote unquote, good reason mm-hmm. to go shopping. Mm-hmm. So when should we be worried about our retail therapy. Mm. Yeah, so uh, just for some uh, context, um, people are shopping for comfort during this pandemic and, uh, you know, there's a Nielsen report on American consumers which shows that those who are relatively stable in terms of income have been using shopping to make up for the other luxuries or comforts that they can't have during this period. They'd usually perhaps be going travelling or they'd be um, indulging in some entertainment. Uh, So um, all of that is sort of curtailed at this point. But but the, the report shows that people are spending more time at home, so they are buying things that give them a sense of comfort at home. So, for instance, massage chairs, <laughs> home spa kits, home entertainment systems uh, are included in that list. Um, clearly, people who are not in the media industry. Mm, I mean, I would love a massage chair. So, hey, Christmas. <laughs> right. <laughs> if anyone's listening. <laughs> So a shopper survey by Monash Business School in Australia showed that shopping did make few people feel better this year. So in this survey, two-thirds of shoppers consistently reported that they felt happier, more in control and had a level of normalcy while shopping for non-grocery products. So basically not your normal shopping. Mm, yeah, I mean... Yeah. Buying lettuce may not give you that same sense of joy. I don't know. I, I do. I, I I take great comfort from a bag of spinach, you know. <laughs> so um, over half of shoppers said that they did not feel lonely, stressed or bored while shopping. And uh, in case you're curious, the top three categories of pe- uh, things that people bought from this survey was um, clothing, footwear and accessories, household, uh, for instance, homeware or hardware, as well as personal care. Hmm. Has this been something that you identify with you know has shopping sometimes helped you feel a little better this year yes no shame because i was (laughs) gonna say yes too (laughs) 
<laughs> I was looking at that list, you know. Um, clothing, footwear and accessories, check, check, I know, check. I know. Actually, I think I've purchased all of those things, even mm. though I'm, I, I mean, I, I don't have a family. I have a family, but I, I don't have children. Mm. So you wouldn't think I'd need too many of these houseware stuff. But just, just some comfort in buying a coffee press. <laughs> <laughs> and, Again, you know, no I, shame. I, I know, no and judgment. I've been reading about people buying waffle makers yeah. and you know um, bread makers. Yes, yes, yeah. and and why not? Because those are items that you can use, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and yeah, we've been hearing about people baking and cooking during these times. Um, as a, uh, uh, um, it, it just helps them relieve stress, doesn't mm. it? Yeah. And until I I looked at that survey about um. <clears throat> the act of shopping as a replacement for things like travel. Mm-hmm. I didn't make that con- connection, mm-hmm. but it makes so much sense. Yes. I find that a lot of the things that I seem to gravitate towards buying um, are the things that give me some sense of that same idea of discovering something new, feeling a little bit sort of quirky and fun. Or escaping from the yes, routines. Yeah, mm. things like that. So mm. I, I can identify, I think. So, according to um, a report by the United Nations Conference on Trade and Development, or UNCTAD, um, they, they did a survey of nine emerging and developed economies. And uh, they, that report shows that 2020 has massively changed online shopping practices. So, this is, of course, because of the pandemic. And um, according to that survey, more than half of the people that they spoke to um, now shop online much more frequently versus going out to buy what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, and the biggest shift in this direction is actually happening in emerging economies. Uh, So that's not... Malaysia wasn't one of the countries um, that they surveyed in the study, but we are an emerging economy as well. And Mm. even just from anecdotal evidence, I can see this even in people who didn't used to shop online. Mm -hmm. They're so much more savvy. I mean, and and just as a matter of convenience, I guess. Mm. If you look at my parents, Mm. um, buying groceries online, for instance, uh, has given them that sense uh, of safety because they can be at home. They don't have to go to a crowded supermarket. Uh, And from there, my mom has discovered the joys of online shopping. (laughs) Yes, uh, so has my mother actually. And then I think the opposite is also happening in that a lot of the vendors who were not necessarily online before Mm -hmm. um, are now finding that it's a great way to connect with their customers. So my mom uh, tries not to go out as much. She's managed to find a a vendor who sends her Indian spices online. Oh, fantastic. So she she doesn't have to sort of go to the shop to look for them. Mm. Um, And one of the things that this UN survey showed was that most significantly, um, this move towards online shopping is not something that's a temporary spike. They think it's likely going to stay on even after we hopefully deal with the pandemic because most of the respondents that they spoke to said that they would continue doing their shopping online. Mm. So, you know, I felt a little shy about admitting that I've been turning to retail therapy and, you know, to be fair, um, online shopping can lead to some negative behaviour. So, Mm. I mean, there is the tendency to uh, impulse buy, you know, the the ease of one-click purchases Mm -hmm. online. Um, You know, you get peer pressure from seeing your friends and acquaintances on your social media feed posting about what they have bought and what bargains they've scored. Um, but for me, the biggest bit of all is these timed flash sales. Yes. Your 11 11s, 12 mm-hmm. 12s. And like, you have one more hour. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and and you just feel compelled to buy something even though you don't need yep. it. Yep. For me, the thing is to always make the f- amount so I can get free delivery. It's like, you know, 50 ringgit and free delivery and my stuff is 35 ringgit. Uh, I'm like, 
I so need to get throw. something for 15 ringgit. And it's not like you can find something for 15 ringgit. Yes. So you're probably buying another 30 ringgit item. Also, perhaps. the shipping is 5 ringgit. <laughs> I'm actually spending more, more. But it's just the not wanting to pay it's the, the psychology shipping. Yeah, it, exactly. It? Yeah. And the fact that payment is made digitally, um, it's, it, it's, it makes it easier for you to actually lose track of what you're mm. spending. You're not seeing your cash leaving your pocket or your wallet. And um, of course, being to available 24 hours a day, it encourages you to engage with online shopping um, when perhaps you may be feeling at a bit of a low point and um, what do you turn to then? Perhaps uh, your your gadget, your device. Um, but also perhaps it, it, it's another bait for me um, when I've just cleared my chores for the day and yeah. you're just on Facebook. And, oh, look. And then it's a reward, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and... Uh, uh, it make the, the just the the, the platform and the in, interface of it makes it much easier to buy. Um, although not necessarily as easy to return or refund mm. your purchases, so you're stuck with what you buy. Absolutely. And uh, there's a study by the Ohio State University which compares online shopping to almost being like um, a video game with actions and rewards. Uh, that means you almost don't realize that your actions are real. You're spending real mm. money. Yes, exactly. And and the whole gamification mm. of all of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, a lot of this feeds into um, a wider um, a wider issue with maybe turning to shopping a little too much mm-hmm. as, as a, a form of therapy right um, you know it doesn't under it doesn't address that underlying cause of why we might be feeling sad why are we turning to this activity as a way to deal with our anxiety or about feeling low yeah. um, but it only provides a temporary jolt um, a temporary jolt of relief. Um, a study by the Association of Psychological Science back in 2012 suggested that, um, in fact, people who are more easily influenced to purchase something might actually have higher levels of depression and anxiety. Mm. Um, and, and I think, uh, you know, while you can't put too fine a point on it and that they're not saying that it's about that, that everyone who decides to buy right. something to make themselves feel better has uh, those sorts of it's challenges. It's causative. Yeah, mm. but I think there is something to be said for for that whole idea of when you're feeling low, you're more vulnerable. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so to dive into this, the, the psychology of retail therapy, we do have on the line with us uh, clinical psychologist Shalene Krisen. Thank you for joining us, Shalene. Now, let's start with the act of shopping itself. What is it about shopping that provides, you know, this sort of enjoyment or rush to us? Um, well, shopping acts as a psychological reward, Right. And like every other reward system, we would get a temporary boost of dopamine and serotonin, which we know are feel-good hormones that helps us create a sense of pleasure. So that's why we enjoy shopping so much. And interestingly, just visualizing owning the new item would give us that temporary boost of hormones because we tend to envision our lives being happier with said item. So the entire process of shopping itself can be quite therapeutic. And shopping, or as we know as retail therapy, can be a positive thing if it is done in moderation, just like everything else, right? Like alcohol and coffee. It only becomes negative once you no longer have control over the shopping behavior. And do you think the current pandemic has increased or intensified people's relationship with shopping as a way to make ourselves feel good? Yes, most definitely. Um, So like I said just now, right, when we shop, we feel good. So shopping now acts as a form of coping mechanism and a form of escapism during the pandemic. You know, the pandemic 
brings out a lot of negative emotions like sadness, stress, anxiety, loneliness, and even boredom, right? And these emotions are often rooted in feelings of powerlessness. So shopping here can now act as a tool for us to cope with these emotions by returning back this sense of control or false sense of control back into our lives. So we tend to use this coping mechanism to get the immediate pleasure from our feel-good hormones. Um, it also can act as a form of escapism. So during the pandemic, you know, we're confined to our homes and work, which of course can be very stressful. And online shopping especially is one way we can get like a mini mental vacation even if we're just browsing through without purchasing anything. Because like I said just now, the whole process is very therapeutic. Um, and when we do actually purchase something, especially online, it gives us something to look forward to. You know, it gives us a certain uh, amount of certainty when everything else seems so uncertain, which is why people tend to turn to shopping during this stressful period. So you mentioned online shopping. Now, how has taking this whole process online changed that, uh, you know, so-called happy-making element of shopping? I think it's most about the accessibility and the convenience, right? We tend to use our online shopping apps and, you know, it's so easy to open our laptop and just scroll through uh, these shopping websites and it just makes it so much easier for us to make more impulsive buys. Um, and when we make impulsive buys, because we feel emotional especially, it's almost natural to us without thinking to purchase these things. So in that sense, being at home makes us more susceptible to online shopping. Now, Shaleen, what are the effects uh, on people using online shopping to cope with the impact of the pandemic? Is that actually a positive way to work through our feelings? Well, using shopping as a uh, coping mechanism can be unhealthy if it is not done in moderation because it can create a certain level of dependency. So retail shopping often happens when we're vulnerable, right? And it's during these moods that we can become impulsive because we're desperately seeking for the short-lived happiness. And when we're impulsive, we tend to make decisions that are not budget-friendly because like I say, we're emotionally shopping. And if we shop every time we feel low, we may run the risk of it turning into an addiction or running into some serious financial issue. What more, you know, during this time in a pandemic where money is a problem for the most of us. Um, however, right, if you're able to afford it and you are not dependent on it, then it can actually be a positive coping mechanism. So it really depends on how you actually use this coping mechanism. Also, one aspect that gets cut out with online shopping is the social aspect. You know, not just going with friends or family, but also those face-to-face -face interactions you get with other customers and with the sales staff. So does online shopping change our relationship with shopping? I think it does. But at this time during the pandemic, I think it can be a positive thing because going out shopping can actually be a stressful thing right now. Um, people are very anxious and very stressed out about being out in the open. And the whole SOPs of you know, scanning when I mean, you enter each, each store can actually be a very stressful process. 
So I think, you know, having it being done online where you don't meet people and you're not being, not having that extra layer of stress can be quite, um, you know, make it more accessible for people to shop more than if they were to be outside. So do you think companies and, um, you know, online shopping sites are capitalizing on the fact that people are, you know, a little bit more inclined right now to shop? Yes, yes, I do think so. Um, the fact that we are online a lot more, right, you know, as the way we connect to the world gives them more opportunities to, you know, track our spending behaviors and give them, you know, the platform to market according to our needs. So, you know, there's a possibility that these companies might use people's moments of vulnerability to get or give targeted ads. You know, for example, you know, having ads about improving moods or marketing at a specific time of day, you know, things like that. And research has shown that people tend to make online purchases late at night because, you know, <laughs> after a long, tiring day, right, we tend to make more impulsive purchases to feel better. So, you know, when we're feeling so lot, you know, tired and sad at the end of the day, it's easier for us to just flip on our phones and immediately go and purchase something. Mm. And, you know, I don't know if you've heard, but like this, uh, you know, there's a lot of stores giving out pandemic sales, which is apparently a thing now. And, you know, cheaper prices if you get stuff online compared to in-store purchases and all these things, right? It taps into our scarcity mindset, which encourages us to impulsively buy because we think that things are going to run out at a cheaper price. And as you know, the scarcity mindset seems to be a running theme for everyone during the pandemic, you know, as we've seen in the panic buying when the lockdown started. So I think companies could definitely capitalize on this. So when should a person start to worry about their shopping or their online shopping? Well, there are a few signs you can look out for. And um, one of the main things that you should pay attention to, to see if your shopping is becoming unhealthy, is to see how you feel about the purchase afterwards and whether you have the ability to say no to yourself in the moment of purchase. So if you feel that like you regret buying something or you feel defeated after buying something and uh, you don't have the control when you want to purchase the said item, then that it's a sign that it can be unhealthy already. Okay, and other things that you can look out for are like, you know, if you purchase things that you don't really need or want, uh, you feel the need to hide your purchases from people, um, you tend to shop more and shopping one item isn't enough anymore because it's not giving you that boost, right? So you tend to shop more and spend more than you actually have. Um, and and I you know, basically... Having struggles to manage your troubles without shopping. You tend to find yourself constantly going online, especially after you feel sad or anxious or stressed out, then chances are it's borderlining you know, the unhealthy zone already. So this is something that can turn into an addiction if left unchecked? Yes, definitely. Um, I think if it's not checked, it can definitely uh, go into a point of addiction which is the same thing like every other addiction, you know, when you talk about alcohol, for example, it gives us the same reward system and it works on the same reward network. So if it's not checked and if you don't intervene before it's too late, it can turn into an addiction. So what are some practices that, um, you know, we can implement for ourselves to make sure that we aren't getting attached to this idea of retail therapy in a negative way? 
Okay, I think the first thing that you need to do and the most important thing is to question yourself. You know, why are you turning to shopping? You know, what is the motivating factor behind your retail therapy? Is it a form of escape? Is there an underlying emotional reason? You know, is it something more serious that you actually require uh, help from a professional, for example? The point here is to intervene before it gets too late. Because all other tips, you know, will be kind of null and void if there's a deeper problem here. Could be a sign of anxiety or depression. And whatever tips you do, there is still an underlying problem that needs to be addressed. So that's the first thing you have to ask yourself. And, you know, once that's settled and you're okay, what other things you can do would be to monitor your emotional purchases. So track your spending and see if there's any patterns that arise. Are there particular days in the week that you tend to spend more um, or other particular events in the week that you notice, okay, after I go on Instagram, I tend to buy more things. And once you notice this pattern, ask yourself, do you really need these things? Is it a problem? Can I afford these things? And evaluate for yourself if, you're, if your spending is a problem or not. Okay. Um, other things you can do would be to find alternative coping mechanisms. So things that can give you the same amount of satisfaction and the boost of dopamine and serotonin uh, would be things like, you know, walking, sleeping, even drinking coffee, things like that. More biological things that can help you give you the same um, push. All right. Um, another thing you can do would be to, you know, when you're tracking your spending, right, you could create a self-care fund, which I think we all need. I think we all need to you know, splurge on ourselves once in a while, especially during this pandemic, which is so stressful. I think it's healthy to set up a self-care fund and a fund that you can afford so that you can buy that one or two expensive meal or that nice shirt that you want that you can feel good and you're not torturing yourself, okay? And this also helps with impulsive buying. Another thing you can do with impulsive buying is to postpone your purchase. So wait at least 24 hours, you know, before, you know, purchasing it when you add it to your cart, at least 24 hours or maybe at most 48 hours until the intense, you know, must have feelings have dissipated. And then once those feelings are gone, you ask yourself again, do I really need it? And then you purchase it. So that's, a way to avoid impulse buying. And lastly, I think, you know, avoiding places that may trigger emotional spending. If you notice, like I said, you know, you tend to go on Instagram and you notice that every time you go on Instagram, you have to buy something. Maybe then try to avoid going on Instagram so much um, or maybe try to avoid going through that road back home where you know you will always pass that Starbucks. Um, try avoiding certain areas that you know may be a trigger to your emotional spending. One other way is maybe to you know, remove shopping apps from your phone because it becomes so convenient that sometimes when we have it in our phones, it's so easy to just press and buy, right? So removing it and making it harder for you to purchase it conveniently would be very, very helpful. So yeah, I think those are some things that you can do to help yourself. Thank you, Shalene. Um, that was clinical psychologist Shalene Chrisan. Um, I really like the idea of a self-care fund. Mm, yes. Um, because it, it strikes me that it's actually one of the 
easiest ways to make sure that you set a limit, but you also give, give yourself, yourself a little um, treat. Yeah, a little treat. And, and sort of you know that you've allocated it already. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to feel guilty because I often feel guilty as yes, well when I decide is, to splurge mm-hmm. on Something not important, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Yeah, yeah, and you know your limits in terms of your budget, so um, you can then plan to treat, and and you can then um, adjust, right? Well, I can afford this treat, which is still something that you want, mm. and you won't uh, break the bank, and you've sort of already uh, justified to yourself mm-hmm. why uh, it's important. Important in a sense, yeah. And Charlene did say that. I'm going to take Charlene as as my guiding light. Okay, she said it's okay. <laughs> so you'll be deleting your shopping app? No, you get extra discounts on the shopping app. <laughs> See, very they sneaky. know the psychology. I know. Yeah, yeah. And and she said, um, you know, if if say you, when you go on Instagram, you find yourself shopping a lot more. For me, it's Facebook. They mm. all come on Facebook. They they they're watching me on Facebook, Shamila. <laughs> Uh, Instagram is definitely a thing for me. Yeah. Um, food and clothes, or actually more accurately, accessories. Mm. Whenever I see other people posting particular um, food things that they said is really good, or or some you know bobble that they've bought. And I'm like, oh, it's so nice. I want this right now. And then, you know, it's so easy to click on their site and you can so easily buy it immediately. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, because uh, many of these, um, I guess, artisanal retailers are using Instagram. Mm-hmm. It, it's such a great, I mean, so visually arresting as well. It's such a such a great platform. Ah. <laughs> anyway, we've been uh, asking, and I think many of you feel the same way that we do. We've been asking you, have you been turning to retail therapy more during this pandemic? Actually, if you add it up, um, over 50% of you have said yes, but that's split up. So out of that, 30, almost 38% say yes, but it's under control. 17% of you say yes, but too much. And there's 45% of you who have said no, you haven't been turning to retail therapy more. So for those of you who felt that, you know, you've been doing it a little too much, um, I think some of Shalene's tips uh, mm. would be helpful for you. We also have Michael who WhatsApped in to say that there is an advantage to online shopping because you get to try the product in your home first. And if it's not suitable or if it's faulty, it can be returned. That's a really good point. But, um, you know, I will say that I'm a lot less likely to return something that I buy online. Often for me, especially if it involves having to post it again mm. and making sure you have the package, then you have to go out and send it. Mm. I find I often don't. Um, mm. Versus if I bought it at a shop and I come back and I find that it doesn't fit or something's wrong with it, you I just might go back to the I shop. might just go back to the shop. Mm. But yeah, I I I, have, I don't think I've ever actually re-sent something that mm. I've purchased online except for sort of appliances and sort of big big things, big where things. You, it's worth your while mm. to go to all that effort yeah uh, but a lot of retailers are saying you know it's free exchange or free return so I don't know it's worth with it it is and and I think it's it's actually just a, a mental a mental sort of jump to mm-hmm. to be okay to take that extra step to take it to a post office to send back some in some cases mm, okay yeah. so um, we have a message here from Kat who says she started reloading money into uh, one of the I'm not going to name it one of the shopping apps um, they have their e-wallet functions mm-hmm. because it gives her free delivery when she buys things but it also means it's easier to buy things so she actually ends mm-hmm. up spending more. So all of these things that add convenience, mm. I've realised, are also... Um, so I find that a lot of the e-wallets, um, yes. because some of them are built into platforms that also sell things... Yes. Um, 
once you have the e-wallet, it's it's like what you said earlier. It's almost like it's not real money anymore. Yes. You're like, oh, credits. That's oh, right. It just gets deducted. And I earn points mm-hmm. and, and not knowing that. I mean, not I, I know it, but I'm not realizing that <laughs> I earn points because I've spent too much money. <laughs> Is Have you ever gotten to a point where it's worried you or you've sort of decided I'm going to sort of check this? I, I feel the guilt and it's the guilt that pulls me back. I, I obviously have never gone into the point of actually getting into debt. But um, so, so there is still one part of my lizard brain that tells me, you know, stop. Um, you don't need um, one more thing. And Shalene's tip about just leaving it in your shopping cart and getting back mm. to it later, I've done that on a few occasions and it's helped because I come to my senses and think, right, you don't need that. <laughs> Discard it. I... You know, I think that, um, and this was actually especially early on in the in the MCO, sorry, not in the MCO, but when we were in the actual MCO where I was seeing much fewer people not going out at all. Um, I think I almost convinced myself that when I was buying things for other people, I wasn't actually buying. Oh. And, and this idea of buying something for others, which is something a lot of people are probably feeling now because of Christmas That's and so right, on. Yeah. Um, and you're you just trying to reach out to family yes. and friends that you don't get to see. That's right. But you're, you're using purchasing down. for I it, know, right? So um, it's a sort of balance of, and I realise I am using it to replace uh, a connection that mm-hmm. I don't have. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that I've, I wouldn't say I've stopped because I do like giving gifts, but I've become more aware that hey, you know, sometimes you don't have to spend this much. That person would probably be just as happy for you to give them a call. Yes, yeah. that's very true. And um, the, or, or something that perhaps you can make yourself mm-hmm. at home and have it delivered to them somehow. Yes, yeah, yeah. So just knowing, I think, what the motivation behind what you're doing mm. helps as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, again, I really appreciated a lot of Shalene's tips. Mm-hmm. I think all of you, uh, you know, if you didn't have a chance to listen to it, um, do check out our podcast because she's not um, it, it was such a non-judgmental way of approaching uh, mm. online therapy because we all need a little bit of a pick-me-up um, but it's about knowing your motivations like you said it's about knowing your limits and then um, just adjusting your behaviour accordingly Absolutely um, so if you want to tell us more about your own experiences with you know this idea of retail therapy especially during this year you can continue to tweet us at BFM Radio you can WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899 or look us up on Facebook we are BFM The Bigger Picture. And if you've missed any part of today's show, um, you can download the podcasts at bfm.my slash daily digest on the BFM app, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts and on Google Podcasts. Can I just jump in with one comment oh, from yes. Michael uh, on Twitter who said he had been waiting for the 11-11 and 12-12 sales, like we said, those flash sales to buy essential stuff or to replace old um, appliances but inadvertently bought a lot of junk as well. <laughs> I know how you feel, Michael. Also, you know, weren't these 11-11 sales supposed to be a one-time deal? Now it's like Every almost 10-10, 11-11, 12-12, right. and soon there's going to be one You can do it one. forever. Yes. So yes, keep a watch on those. <laughs> and that is all the time we have for today. But coming up at 3pm on Front Row, uh, we are airing um, another one of our GTLF Georgetown Literary Festival podcasts. So stay tuned for that after the 3pm news. And just before 
before we go, a little shout out um, to young civil society leaders out there who might be eager to expand um, their skills or knowledge or their networks. So here's your chance to work with some US NGOs on a range of issues, including gender equality, government accountability, environmental issues and more through their Community Engagement Exchange 2021. So for more information, visit irex.org and click on Find Opportunities or check out the US Embassy Kuala Lumpur Facebook page. The deadline for the application is the 23rd of December. That's all from us today on the Daily Digest. Uh, And we'll leave you now with I Want Some Sugar in My Bowl by Nina Simone, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.